to talk over the next couple of weeks about capturing the Christmas spirit, and uh, we're uh, going to look at the life of Herod a little bit today. Uh, but before we get there, one of my favorite Christmas movies, it may go back and forth between number one and number two, doesn't have any singing in it, uh, it's Christmas Carol. Uh, Christmas Carol actually has been now done on film 135 different ways. Anything from George C. Scott to my personal favorite, The Muppets Christmas Carol. Uh, and really, if you look at it, it is a manifesto of really the, the Christ life in community. Uh, you know, you have, of course, the main character being Ebenezer Scrooge, who's a miserable man who just like fights all kind of happiness. He's a guy that uh, struggles with family. He really uh, um, doesn't have a, a generous bone in his body. Probably, movie doesn't say this, but he probably even hates puppies. Um, but, uh, but, but he's literally always working in this, uh, in this spirit that uh, he, he kind of expects everybody else to live and operate under the same kind of misery that he operates in. Of course, he, he's got this mindset of misery. Uh, but this, the story goes, he has, he's visited by three different ghosts. He's visited from the ghost from Christmas past, the gro ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. And as he's, as he's visited there, for him, you find in the story, he's really at a place where he's trying to bargain, where he's trying to, to blame, where he's even trying to beg. But in the end, his mindset changes. And when his mindset changes, he kind of opens up and he receives and allows Christmas and the spirit of Christmas to change him. And so really what, uh, what we're going to talk about specifically today is we kind of look at the, the bah humbug spirit, which, you know, some people have. I have prior to Thanksgiving, but not after Thanksgiving. Um, but the, to capture the Christmas spirit, we really need to say no to the bah humbug spirit and receive and let Christmas change us. Now, you may never have thought about Christmas changing you. Uh, in a positive, good way. But today, I really believe the Lord would set you on a course that when you get to December 26th, you are on a different course than you were on December 25th. And so scripture records uh, the wise men and in interacting with Herod, and there is no better bah humbug spirit than uh, King Herod. Scripture says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. 
After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it arose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So what I want you to understand right on off from the get-go that we're really going to do this week and next week is simply this, is that we capture the Christmas spirit through developing a mindset. Say that word, mindset. And making a decision. The mindset leads to the decision. And sometimes, as you'll see, we can reverse it and think that we make a decision without ever changing a mindset. So the, the scripture records that the wise men came from the east. They came to Jerusalem saying, where has this uh, been born, the king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it arose and have come to worship him. When you think about Christmas, your mindset first and foremost when it comes to Christmas is about worshiping the king. Because Christmas was not announced by Walmart. It, it wasn't, it, it's not announced by even the Hallmark Channel. For some of you, I know that's a thing. But it was announced and initiated by heaven. And so when we think about Christmas, our mindset has to go right there. It has to go, this has everything to do with what heaven has initiated. And so in that, we celebrate. Celebrating this season, by the way, because of all of the stuff that surrounds us. Uh, you, typically, we would say, even though um, it's not necessarily true, we would say that our lives are busy. How many of you would say your lives are busy? Okay. How many of you would say you just have an abundance amount of time? How many of you would say if you cut out Netflix, Amazon, TV, YouTube, would have an abundance amount of time? So I, I think that when we say we don't have a lot of time, it's not that we don't have a lot of time. It's where we spend our time, right? But we do that all year. But then Christmas comes along, and there are Christmas parties. And our Christmas parties just fun. <laughs> it's okay to say yes, by the way. I don't, okay, so all right, listen. I'm an introvert. I have to work my way into Christmas parties. Okay, I leave Christmas parties completely exhausted. But they're fun because we're celebrating. And it's a good thing to celebrate because, because heaven has initiated this. And so for us, we, we basically say, we got all this stuff called parties, and we've got, we gotta, now we got to go shopping, and we got to get our list together, and we got to get this done, we got that done, and we end up being incredibly busy. So here's the reality of the mindset. If you're going to have a mindset that heaven has initiated this and has announced this, and really that's our mindset, is that it's going to take work on your end, on my end, to capture the Christmas spirit. It's not just going to randomly show up at your door like an Amazon package comes every day. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. But we don't typically celebrate because with it, if you don't prepare, it, it, there's just strains that come with it. it there, there, there are financial strains that if you don't prepare that will come at Christmas time. Uh, you know, when our kids were younger, you know, every year we tried to do what we could, but it was difficult. 
It was a strain. The older I get, it's a different strain. Now, if I'm not careful, it begins to strain my belt, and I don't want to give up another notch in my belt. If you were here last night, you know all the goodies that were there. You know that's a real challenge. Because listen, they say that Christmas, ultimately, it shows us the stages of life. Okay, you start out believing in Santa. Then you don't believe in Santa. Then you become Santa. And then you look like Santa. And so, and so what happens in, that, in, that, in those phases of life, if we're not careful, if we don't have the right mindset, and we stop being open to receive what the Lord has, and we make this decision that the Lord would have us to make, then all of a sudden, Christmas is going to become a strain. It's going to be something that you need a vacation from. It's going to become something that you're not looking forward to. In fact, in, in many, many respects, uh, you, you lose the, the childhood experience and emotions that were always intended to be experienced throughout our life at Christmas time. So we've got to choose not to allow Christmas to become the status quo. Otherwise, it'll dampen your joy in the season. It'll reduce your expectation, the wonder that, that really should go along with Christmas. When our daughter was like three years old, we lived in the Phoenix area and we went to the zoo and they had the zoo lights. And the moment she saw the, the walkway into the zoo, which you walk over this bridge, it was just covered in lights. She just threw up her hands and said, it's a miracle. Because for a child, it's, there's a wonder and there's this, there's this expectation that begins to build in the whole Christmas experience. And what can happen as we grow older is we begin to lose that. The last, uh, the last storm that hit, um, it knocked the power out at our house. And we have a whole house generator and the generator didn't come on. And so I went out and I looked at it and come to find out the battery was dead. I'm like, well, if we get another snowstorm like we did two years ago, I got to make sure that generator's ready to run for a few days, if not a week or so. And uh, so I got down, I went, and I, I actually had to order it from Amazon because it was a specific kind of battery. I got the battery, I got it installed, I hooked it up. And while now the machine was ready to receive, it still came up with an error. And the error was, told me to check the battery. Well, it wasn't the battery. But what had happened was the battery had sat there so long, the cable from the battery to the motor corroded. And when you have a mindset that is incorrect, you can make a decision to change things, but it can block the power that God intends to move into your life. So when you change your mindset, it's like taking all the corrosion that life tends to throw on you and getting rid of it so that the power that God intends to do in our lives ultimately is captured, and we get this infusion of life, and we get to enjoy everything that Christmas was intended to be. So how do we get there? Let's look at two things in the grow portion. First, we've got to refuse the bah humbug spirit. Do you know somebody that's a bah humbug in your life? You don't have to answer that in case they're sitting next to you. I'm accused of it, um, although I'm not really, a, I don't really have a bah humbug uh, mindset per se. But here's what I want you to get, is that the wise men, when they came before Herod, they recognized something. They recognized, this isn't what they would have called it. It's certainly not what the Bible calls it. But for the sake of today, I want to call it this. They recognized the Scrooge spirit. 
And when you come in contact with the Scrooge spirit, here's what the Scrooge spirit will ultimately try to do. It will try to corrode the connection between you and God. It'll, it'll, it'll get in between and keep the power from flowing to the place that it is needed. And so ultimately, that's what Herod was attempting to do. And they said, I'm not going to allow Herod to kill any kind of the Christmas spirit. Now, this may come as a surprise to you, but the Bah Humbug spirit is alive and well in the church today. It, it, it manifests in a number of different ways. There are people who, they really attempt to kill Christmas. Uh, you know, I remember uh, someone coming to me here a number of years ago, here even here in Texas, they said, came to me and said, uh, you know, you got to understand that the Christmas tree, and at that time we had like six Christmas trees up here, and they were greatly offended because the Christmas trees are a pagan idol that we're bringing into the church. And then there are people that believe that, you know, you can't talk about Santa because if you reword the letters of Santa, it spells Satan. There are some people that don't, they don't want to celebrate Christmas because it's way too commercial. Or they'll sit and they'll argue about Jesus not being born on the 25th of December. And I want to just address this specifically because the Lord just showed me something this morning. It's really funny about this. Someone told me that once, this will be surprised some of you, once you get past, past 50, because I'm past 50, that was the surprising part. The, <laughs> they said, once you get past 50, you'll never forget your age again. I can never remember my age. In fact, I have to be careful to remember my birthday and my anniversary. Jesus' was 2,000 years ago. And so the idea that we could ever remember the exact day probably isn't going to work anyway. But we get caught up in these things that ultimately they squelch the Christmas spirit. But there's a wisdom in recognizing that bahung bug spirit and saying, no, I'm not going there. But along with that, you do have to receive an infusion of the Christmas spirit. Because it's not like just turning the, the calendar to December or it being Black Friday and all of a sudden everybody's now had this infusion of the Christmas spirit. But I want you to understand this. When it comes to Christmas in the world, people who are not followers of Christ, there is this tenderness, there's this, there's this vulnerability that they live in and a recognition of the season. So the spirit is it, is it acting in a way that that and that is not necessarily seen the rest of the year, and it's not because the spirit's not trying; it's because that in the, around the world, people are saying, "I'm open to this kind of season. I'm open to this reality." And so for us, the great thing about it is now we can watch this. We get to carry the gifts of Christ and show a world that doesn't know love, that doesn't understand love, that doesn't experience love, that the only way they're ever going to change is by getting, uh, by, by getting visited from the coast of past, present, and future, because quite honestly, they don't even think about the past, the present, or the future, but because of the receptivity of the day, the openness of the season, now there's an ability, and I believe that God this time of year gives us more opportunities to demonstrate the love of Christ than at any other time of the year. But that does require us first and foremost, having a mindset that says no to the Bahambuk spirit. Now, Lord, open, I want to be open 
to the, to the Spirit as the Spirit is moving in and through me during this holiday season. So here's where I, I want to spend a little bit more time in the go piece, because this is where, to me, the rubber hits the road. It's, it's, it's a life where we are really saying no to the same things that the wise men said no to. It starts by us refusing to let the times depress you. We had a conversation this week in our staff meeting. Uh, we were just talking about uh, the ability to watch the news. I don't have a real good ability to watch the news. If I start watching the news, I start getting emotions that are far from the Christmas spirit. How many can relate to that? There are some people that, that they watch news because it's better than caffeine for them. But what happens as a follower of Jesus, you miss the beautiful nature of the Christmas spirit when you get focused on the times. What did, what did it say at the very beginning of that scripture? It says, in the days of Herod the king. Let me tell you something. Bad news is not new to the world. In the days of Herod the king, people weren't living a rich, prosperous, happy life from day to day. There were problems. There were issues. There were things that they were, they were dealing with because in, in, throughout all of history, on a personal level, there is always going to be things that they taunt us or they tempt us or they really try to trap us. But we have to refuse to allow that to happen. And for some of you, that means that you got to get off Facebook. Now, that's not biblical, but I'm going to say it again. And I think some of you need to amen this. Because you get on Facebook and your mental health goes down. Because it traps you. It tempts you. Uh, and it's not just Facebook. It's certainly a lot of other things that we certainly can get on. And I would say even, even with the idea of Twitter not, uh, not holding things back today, you got to be careful what you take in. Why? Because, because we've always lived in a day where the times are troubling. And the trouble is going to increase the more Jesus comes back, closer to his coming back. So we've got to be concerned about refusing that kind of life. And while I can't control things that are going on in Ukraine, I can pray. I can't control things that are going on in Israel. I can't control things that are going on in your house. What I can do is look to the one who's in control of everything and get focused there and say, I'm going to refuse that. But we also have to refuse to let unforeseen surprises stop us. For the, for the wise men, should you get this? They come and they say, where is he who was born the king of the Jews? Why would they ask that question other than they expected to get to Jerusalem and see the king? And he wasn't there. They didn't foresee that. They went there with the expectation of actually finding the baby. It said that they, we saw this, his star when it arose and have come to worship. And so now they get there and they're going, well, okay, apparently our travel is not done. Apparently the place that the God of heaven has led us is not right here and in this spot. And so as we are moving into the Christmas season, right, whatever the surprises come your way, don't let them, don't let them um, stop you. They, they didn't just stay there and go, well, he wasn't here, so we're going to stop. No, they continued. And so having this right mindset is critical. Every time that I'm doing premarital counseling 
and we're getting really close to the wedding, I always say these words. Because every woman who's ever gotten married, every woman who ever wants to get married, has this mindset of what their wedding is going to be like. Right? Whether it's the, it's the Disney princess wedding or something they saw on the Hallmark Channel. I'll just keep using that as an example today. I don't know. But here's what always happens in every wedding. There's always an unexpected memory. Now, sometimes that memory is something uh, really crazy that, you know, should have been recorded for YouTube or something subtle. But if we get this mindset that is incorrect and it doesn't work out like we think it's supposed to work out, we're stuck. We're halted. We can't go any further. But it didn't stop the wise men. But what I like is that also when it comes to it is they refused to be complacent. Just see this. It says, in, the, in assembling all the chief priests and scribes to the people, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means the least of the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people. Now, just out of curiosity in a survey, how many in the room, this is the first time you've ever heard the story of the wise men going and visiting Herod? First time. Nobody, right? That's a very well-known story. Here the wise men show up, and they want to know where Jesus is at. And who do they go to? They go to the ones who knew the story. And they knew the story, and what the story does not record, and that is often missed here, is that everyone that knew the story stayed behind. And so what can happen in our religious complacency is we can know the story, and when a new reality comes, we stay complacent where we're at. Because we're comfortable. We like this place. We're okay with this place. We're better off sending somebody else out in front to see if it's true. But for the wise men, they had one thing in mind. They wanted to get there, and they wanted to worship the king. You see, you can know the story and really not be interested in worshiping the king. And if you know the story and, and you're not interested in worshiping the king, then you do find it fall into a life of complacency. Get up, go to work, come home, eat dinner, do your dinner, whatever, whatever, watch your TV, whatever it is. You do that Monday through Saturday. You look for the moments that you get to do your bucket list and you go and do the same thing over and over and over again. And, and the whole time you're thinking, I've got the Christmas story in my back pocket. but they didn't move, even though they had the story in their back pocket. And the spirit of Christmas is changing a mindset of saying, I may know the story, but there's still a place I want to go worship the king. And it takes us to a place that is outside the religious circle. Because it's certainly they were not going to a place that was a uh, destination that was common. And I think that's kind of moves into the next one. They, it says they, they, 
In verse 9, it says, when they heard the king, they, they departed. Well, they refused to depart in the uh, doubt in the unexpected. They were told, he's in Bethlehem. They didn't go, well, man, I certainly, I can understand him not being in Dallas, but Fort Worth, I'm certainly he would have been in Fort Worth. Bethlehem. Now we're going there. Because Bethlehem wasn't the center of the universe. But get this. This Christmas, as you move into the Christmas season, know that God wants to make himself known. He wants to manifest himself in unexpected places in your life. But if you're unwilling to go there, if you remain complacent, and you don't really expect to find God, fill in the blank, you're never going to step there. But they did. What I liked about it is, here are guys that they traveled, they say, anywhere between 700 and 1,000 miles. Now, that's a long way. Uh, you, know, we, you know, our first world problems, I complained when we had to drive from where we lived in Arizona to Fort Worth. It was 970-some miles. I'm like, first time I did that, we brought our daughter to Southwestern down in Waxahachie. And, and me, being the wise father that I was, said, I'm never driving that again. We've drove, driven it a number of times now. But they didn't have cars. And not only did they not have cars, it did not mean that they were not men who were learned, who were resourced, nor accomplished. These were the best. And even though they went, I love what Scripture says, it says that they rejoiced exceedingly with joy. If you want to capture the Christmas spirit, get this. Refuse to be childish, but not childlike. One of the, the great challenges of our American Christianity is that as we, as we grow in wealth and we grow in status, we tend to lose our childlike faith. You go anywhere where it's not the first world, it's second or third world, you find that people rejoice and worship with a sense of abandonment, like a child would do. And here are these guys who were as smart as you all, as wealthy as you all, and as accomplished as you all. And as they went on this journey, they were rejoicing with exceeding joy. Why? Because they had refused to be childish, but they lived a childlike faith. And I think a good prayer in all of us, because we all fall into this tra trap, is just to step back and say, Lord, will you make me like a child again in my faith? That's a good thing to pray. That's a good pray thing to pray any time, any season of the year, but I think nothing is, speaks to it more than at Christmas time. And lastly, I think we need to refuse to settle and receive something new. I want you to notice how the scripture closed out. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. What brought you to Jesus is not the only way to live. When you open yourself to receive something new, especially at Christmas, you will leave the Christmas season in a different direction than you came in, in a different mindset, 
in a different, in a different, um, uh, different, uh, same, maybe same goal, same place you're going to end up at. We're all working towards heaven, but now God has you tracking differently. Now, for them, they left differently because the, they were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, now came to them and began to move them in a new direction. When's the last time that the Spirit attempted to move you in a new direction? Did you find that you, you um, found it easier to settle where you were at, doing the same old thing, going the same old way, or were you now going, wait a minute, God, you've got me doing something a bit different here. Because as you, as you refuse to settle, you automatically open yourself up for something new from the Lord, and you will leave different than you came. I think the place of prayer is, is Lord, I'm not only here to worship you, but I want to depart this season different from the way I entered it. I think for me, that's why I like the, the Christmas carol, is it is a, an incredible transformation of a mindset that made a person decide, this is the way I'm going to live, this is the way I'm going to live, this is the way I'm going to live, this is the way I'm going to live. Now, you may not have Tiny Tim in your arms as, you, as he sings, God and her says, God bless everyone. But the fact is, is you're going to rejoice exceedingly because the childlike faith opens us up to this dynamic of expectation, of wonder, and looking for this new and fresh experience. So before we partake of communion together, can we just ask the Lord to, to help us in these areas? Lord, thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, you're a God that desires for us to, uh, to really capture the Christmas spirit this year. And I pray, Lord, that you will help every person that has a wrong mindset, that, Lord, you will shift that this year, that they will have a mindset, Lord, that is saying no to the things that would put a wet blanket on the, the blessings that you have before them, that they would open themselves up to receive everything that the Spirit has so that, Lord, they may leave the holiday season different than when we came. So, Lord, would you do that in us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Hey, thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. And it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group. But let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us. And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.